welcome back to the Evidence-Based Rheumatology Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Putman, and this is episode 48, Tocilizumab versus Adalimumab for the Treatment of Rheumatoid Arthritis, the ADACTA trial. Now, this trial was originally published in 2013, but I thought it'd be worth talking about now because the JAK inhibitors have been making a lot of waves, and I think it's good to step back and ask a question, which is, if I can't use methotrexate, what should I use? I posed that question to the people who follow me on Twitter, and I got a really interesting answer. Specifically, I said, in a patient with RA who cannot receive methotrexate, I typically give. The leading candidate was TNF inhibitors. 45% of people would lead with a TNF. 27% would lead with a non-biologic DMARD. I think those are both reasonable answers. In patients who can't tolerate methotrexate, I'll offer them leflunamide. I tend not to go to sulfasalazine or hydroxychloroquine, but I can see why some physicians would consider it. Now, following behind non-biologic DMARDs and TNFs were JAK inhibitors and IL-6 inhibitors. JAKs got 13% of the vote, and IL-6 inhibitors got 15% of the vote. This is interesting to me because I think the best data is actually for two classes of medications that got the least votes. A few weeks back, I talked about Select Compare, which demonstrated relatively convincingly to me that upadacitinib was superior to a TNF inhibitor in patients who were inadequate responders to methotrexate. Now, in that trial, patients were all continued on methotrexate. That's at least one class of medications that seems to work better than TNF inhibitors. But did we already have one? Let's talk about Adacta. So the background for this trial is that not all patients can take methotrexate. They say that 40% of patients discontinue or are non-compliant with methotrexate, which is close to my lived experience. When I see a patient in clinic, I say, look, about a third to half of my patients will do really, really well on just methotrexate, and the other half will wind up not doing well, or needing something else to get their disease under control. Now, this trial specifically addressed those patients who could not take methotrexate. Now, this was a double-blind, randomized controlled trial with an active comparator. This is a hobby horse of mine. I love it. Good job for doing this. Patients had to be 18 years of older. They had to have rheumatoid arthritis for six months or more, and they had to be unable to tolerate methotrexate or be inappropriate candidates to continue methotrexate. They could not have received a prior biological DMARD, and they had to stop taking any DMARDs before the trial began. Now, patients were randomized to receive either tocilizumab, 8 mg per kilogram every 4 weeks, or adalimumab subcutaneously every 2 weeks. Now, they did have an escape arm. If patients weren't controlled on adalimumab every other week, they were allowed to get adalimumab weekly. That's reasonable. It tends not to be something that I do. I don't think you get too much bang for your buck by bumping that up. The primary endpoint was the DAS-28. That is not a good primary endpoint for this trial. Why not? Well, the DAS-28 includes the sedimentation rate. Tocilizumab reliably drives the sedimentation rate down to zero. That doesn't mean that it works 100% of the time. It just means you won't be able to detect these lab values of inflammation. A much better endpoint would have been one that did not depend on the ESR or the CRP. They also had American College of Rheumatology 2057 responses, ULAR good response, and thankfully, they included a CDI. The CDI being super important for this trial because it is not dependent on normalization of the CRP or the ESR. Stats for this trial were more or less appropriate, so let's talk about the results. All told, 326 patients were enrolled in this study, half into each group. 24 and 28, or 15 and 70% in each arm, discontinued therapy, which is somewhat high. I actually would have expected it to be a lot lower. The patients in this trial were mostly women. They're around 50 years of age. They were mostly white, and they had somewhat active disease by CDI and various other scoring systems. 
The majority of patients had a positive RF or CCP, around 75% for both of them. Now, with regards to the primary endpoint, the mean change of DAS-28 from baseline to 24 weeks, tocilizumab was superior. Now, I'm not terribly enthusiastic about that because of the issues with the ESR and CRP, but thankfully they had other endpoints that are important to me as well. With regard to the Clinical Disease Activity Index, or CDI, which does not depend on the ESR or the CRP, tocilizumab was significantly better. CDI remission was 17.2% in the tocilizumab group versus 9.3% in the adalimumab group. Overall, that's an almost 8% absolute risk reduction or a number needed to treat of about 13 patients. So you would need to treat 13 patients with tocilizumab instead of adalimumab in a case of monotherapy in order to bring about one patient to be in CDI remission. That is not bad, and that is enough for me to consider this favored in a lot of these cases. They did do a couple sensitivity analyses, including looking at that group of patients who'd had their TNF bumped up to every week. Doesn't seem to alter the results very much. Overall, this was a relatively robust difference that favored tocilizumab. Should note, in addition to these other indices, the health assessment questionnaire, the patient report outcome, was better with tocilizumab. Looks like patients not only reported better joint symptoms, but they were better overall. Some of those differences were not clinically meaningful, but it is a real thing. The patients felt better when they got tocilizumab. What about the flip side, which is how well did patients tolerate therapy? Well, overall, it was pretty similar. Adverse events were common, a little over 80% in both arms, but this is one of those trials where a lot of things that are probably not an adverse event got lumped in. Across the board, most things looked similar to me. Patients with at least one serious adverse event was 10 and 12%. Those are the ones that you're more worried about. Serious infections, four and four in both groups. Intestinal perforations, which is something we worry about with tocilizumab, only happened to one patient. That's too few patients to make any strong comments about. We do know that this is a risk. It's a small risk, but it's a real one. Nothing else looked to be terribly different, so overall I'd say that at least in this trial, these drugs were similarly tolerated. Every once in a while in rheumatology, we're lucky enough to have a cardiovascular trial on one of our drugs. The CERT trial for methotrexate was a great example of that. It's hard to get a randomized controlled trial of that many patients with methotrexate unless they're giving it to them for cardiovascular stuff. Thankfully, this year we had just such a trial for tocilizumab. The cardiovascular safety of tocilizumab versus tannercept in rheumatoid arthritis, RCT, was published in Arthritis and Rheumatology in 2019. In this trial, they gave 3,000 people a tocilizumab or the TNF inhibitor tannercept. The rate of confirmed GI perforation was low. In the tannercept group, it was one patient. In the tocilizumab group, it was eight. That's out of 1,500. Overall, per 1,000 patient years, that's 1.9 events. I should note that in this trial, patients who had diverticulitis, Crohn's disease, or other lower GI issues were excluded, and I do make it a common practice to not give this drug to patients who have known diverticulitis, diverticulosis, Crohn's, etc. I think you should reserve this for patients who don't have that risk, because this is a scary, rare event. How do we bring this all together? Well, the current guidelines recommend for patients who don't respond to methotrexate, considering either a TNF inhibitor or triple therapy with sulfasalazine and hydroxychloroquine. For a variety of reasons that I've discussed before and we'll cover again in the near future, hopefully in a, a debate episode, I don't tend to lean towards sulfasalazine and hydroxychloroquine. We now have multiple trials suggesting that going straight to a TNF inhibitor in patients who can't tolerate or don't respond to methotrexate is probably not the best strategy. Select compare with the most recent of these, upadacitinib just worked better. If you have a patient who doesn't respond to methotrexate, I would probably rather give them a JAK inhibitor. In oral standard and oral strategy, tofacitinib was tested in similar design, 
In neither trial was tofacitinib at the dose that we give, which is 5 milligrams twice daily, superior to adalimumab. RA beam for baricitinib showed something similar. The 2 milligram dose was not superior to adalimumab. The 4 milligram dose was, but that's not FDA approved in America. And then now with Adacta, and really for the last five years with Adacta, we have a trial showing that tocilizumab is better than adalimumab. This is a little quirky in the sense that in this trial, patients weren't continued on methotrexate. It's a somewhat different question, but all the same, I feel comfortable saying at this point that if a patient does not respond to methotrexate, the most efficacious next drug to give is probably not a TNF inhibitor. Both JAK inhibitors and IL-6 agents have shown superiority in direct, high-quality, randomized controlled trials to a TNF inhibitor. Neither of the treatment effects was that great, somewhere around a number needed to treat of 1 in 10 to 1 in 15 to bring about remission, but for that 1 in 10 or 1 in 15 patient who would have had remission, it seems like a good deal. For both agents, patients really need to go into it knowing that there's a different side effect profile. For JAK inhibitors, that's going to be true of Zoster, and for tocilizumab, it's true of GI perforation. If some of these patients prefer a TNF inhibitor instead, totally reasonable to give them one of the many options that we have. I think that's it for this week. Quick study on an important topic in a disease that we see frequently. I hope you found that helpful. If you'd like to give me feedback, please follow me at EB Room on Twitter and let me know what you think. Thanks again and have a great day.